Hello team, it's Pam here from Alt Marketing School. I have a question for you right now and that is what would happen if you could market to hearts and not brains? What would you think would happen if you knew that you could make the world a better place with positive impact marketing but putting purpose and results first? If you want to find out, then come and join us for the Alt Marketing Certification. Our six-week digital bootcamp for professionals who want to do marketing differently and advance their career along the way. Join me and our six incredible teachers to learn how to advance your career with confidence by applying effective systems and frameworks to the latest trends. The next cohort is coming up soon, so I would love to have you join us. And all you have to do is apply to join at altmarketingschool.com slash learn. Go to altmarketingschool.com slash learn to apply for the next cohort of All Marketing School certification. Hello and welcome to Make an Impact Show, a podcast run by Creative Impact Co. Our mission is to help creatives grow their business, hone their marketing, and share their stories via outstanding content. Hello everyone, and hello Amy once again. How are you doing today? I'm good, thank you. How are you doing? I am great. How is Jesse, by the way, in case people don't <laughs> didn't notice? How is Jesse the cat? Hashtag the mascot. Oh, yeah. So Jessie the kitten, she's doing really well. She's currently playing with my slipper socks because they've got nice little baubles on them. So she's just by my feet now. <laughs> and I'm hoping she doesn't dig her claws in because I might have to scream. <laughs> that could be a bit of a fun surprise for us on this fine Wednesday morning. So hopefully she doesn't do that. Um, but I'm really excited today because actually... I mean, time has been racing since 2020, even if we didn't think it would. And our conference is one week away. So before we even jump onto the podcast, I want to say well done us because it's coming. Um, I'm excited to be able to actually bring this conference to life because um, I wasn't expecting that to happen this year. So I'm really happy that we managed to pivot it. And you actually gave me a bit of a push or gave us a bit of a push to do it because the awards which are tied into this conference have been something that we've done for a long time. And we've always done them live. And that's the beauty of it. But as you rightfully said, we need something to celebrate this year. I think so. Yeah, I really, I think it's been a tough year. It's been a great year in other ways as well, but it has been a tough year for a lot of people. And I think the main feeling that comes from the awards is that whole celebration and everyone's really happy and everyone just loves the event. And I know we can't replicate that vibe in the room, but um, yeah, I think everyone can still celebrate their own mini wins at home and I mean, the fact that it's a three-day conference is pretty impressive. So as well as the amazing ceremony, there's just so much goodness coming up. So it's going to be really, really good. It's going to be really good. And also we're going to have a full, like, three-day, like, plan-based recovery for all of us pretty much because it's going to be intense, guys. Uh, We're going to have recorded stuff plus uh, loads of live sessions where Amy and Chanel from the team are going to help me moderate and I'm going to talk to our lovely judges and some more experts as well. So... Obviously, if you want to find out more about the conference, just go to our link in bio on Instagram or even just go to the show notes of this episode to find out more. Um, And tying in actually with uh, with the conference is today's chat with the lovely Debbie Clark because 
with Debbie, I actually talk a lot about uh, growing your business, but also evolving and understanding change. And one of the things that I love the most about was one of the big lessons that we both learned actually as business owners. So I want to ask you, Ames, is there any lesson that you have learned in the past year as working for yourself and what you do and actually how you manage your time and the way that you work with people? Oh, gosh, it's just been one huge learning curve. And I think of learning every day about something. Um, I think not being afraid to ask questions. Um, I used to be like, oh, I can't ask someone a question because they won't think that I'm professional and I'm just faking it and I don't belong as a here as a businesswoman. Um, but yeah, just ask questions and don't be afraid because everyone started somewhere. And yeah, I think everyone's been so willing to help me as well, which has been lovely. So yeah, just ask questions. A lot of the things that we do, I think, come from our head as well. A lot of the reasons why we won't do something or we won't, you know, ask a question or, or take that extra step is because we're afraid of what people will think of us and kind of what we're afraid of what might happen. And I love that you mentioned that because as per usual, Amy's reading my mind, uh, because that's one of the big things that we talk about um, with Debbie herself is there's an element of how to keep smiling in the face of adversity, which is quite topical right now but also there's an element of understanding the limitations that we set up in our own brains and one of the biggest things that we're going to talk about today is why you're not meant to be for everyone which I think is one of the biggest lessons that people can learn you cannot and you will not help everyone because that's kind of the beauty of things different people will resonate with different messages Mm -hmm. and I think it kind of can come also when you're online or when you're on Instagram is you will find different people on social media that you will resonate with for one reason or another. Yeah. And I think it's a difficult lesson to learn actually um, that, yeah, you won't be everyone's cup of tea. um, But as long as you realize that you are someone's cup of tea and you can build your own community online um, and, but yeah, that you're not for everyone, but that you're still just as important and what you have to offer is still just as valid. Love that. You can be, people's cup of tea or cup of coffee that really depends on you guys and what, what floats your <laughs> exactly and what floats your boat um but that's pretty much what we're going to talk about so very well summarized amy thank you so much uh guys it's time now to talk to debbie though to hear more about this topic just in case you don't know debbie debbie clark uh, aka, aka debbie duda Mm-hmm. is the happy business strategist. She's an award-winning, yellow-obsessed empowerment and marketing coach, and she helps entrepreneurs to build businesses they love. So I cannot be more excited to introduce you to Debbie today. It's going to be so much fun. There's going to even be kangaroos involved. I'm just going to tell you that. Uh, you have to figure out that for yourself. So without further ado, let's kick off. Thank you so much, Amy, and I can't wait to speak to you next week. Yeah, bye. <laughs> We're on. It's happening. It's it's live. It's happening. <laughs> Hi, Debbie. Hello, lovely. How are you? I am. <clears throat> what was that? A boxing kangaroo? Is that a what you boxing said? kangaroo? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this morning. This is what I'm channeling this morning, ladies and germs. Um, I don't know why, but I think it's probably the coffee has been kicking in in a really weird way. So that's how I am. I am channeling boxing kangaroo. How are you doing? I'm doing very well. Yeah, I'm good. I'm it's Friday morning. I've been talking to people already. So I'm I'm all I'm already my mouth is working. So yeah, it's good. <laughs> Check. 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 Mouth is working. 
<laughs> Actually, can you tell me a bit more? You were telling me off air, but can you tell me a bit more about um, the 10, 10 at 10 kind of, yeah, the 10 what you were 10. doing? Yeah, so this morning um, I have teamed up with a guy called uh, Bertie Cordingly um, and we're doing a live video broadcast for 10 minutes at 10 a.m. every Friday morning talking about like a really specific business thing um, and that's being beamed to LinkedIn, YouTube and Facebook simultaneously. So it feels like a tech masterpiece. Um, And this morning we were talking about the importance of kind of creating a vision for your business. So hopefully we'll be doing that at 10 every Friday morning. So if you come and follow me, and I'm sure you'll find out more about who I am in a bit, um, you can come and ask us questions. Uh, And it's quite silly and we're having fun with it really, which is what business should be. I agree. And like I have a couple of friends where we do some sort of similar things and we're kind of working on that because when you find somebody that you click with or some, you know, or that kind of thing, um, it's kind of nice to be able to take on those opportunities. And I think you can feed off the other person as well. Yeah. And it's so much nicer. And is, as you said, like if it's something like that, it's such a low, not low commitment in a way, but it's simple. It's a simple proposition. Yeah. You just show up and just talk about something. You give yourself a bit of structure. And I, I think that's kind of, as you said, business should be fun and you should try new things and not be afraid to do that and I think that's that's a great example of that so I'm excited to tune in for the other ones as long as they're not clashing with the podcast (laughs) yeah as long as they're not clashing yeah well Bertie used to be a client of mine like when he first launched his business and we just get on really well and then in lockdown he came to me and he said oh could we do something together you know what could we do together so we've kind of tried out lots of different things and it's ended up being this at the moment and I think you know just working with people that you enjoy that you have my daughter's 12 she would say vibe off people you you vibe off people mummy look they're vibing it's all about the vibing if you're 12 apparently at the moment uh so we vibe off each other and it's just it's just really fun it's just fun and if you can like add some value and help people as well as having fun then it's like tick tick it's like yes i'm doing my job i love that i love that that's amazing now i'm gonna go from business to potential more business but I'm not sure I have not uncovered yet something interesting a fun fact I want to hear something about Debbie that maybe you wouldn't share first in a podcast you wouldn't share first in your bio what would that be oh so (laughs) when you when you said oh we're going to do this and I thought oh god you know it's it's funny because there's not very many uh things that people don't know about me if you follow if you followed me I think one of the things that is quite exciting. No, it's not quite exciting, but my my past is quite checkered. Uh, So as people find out more about me, maybe they will find out that, uh, you know, my first ever entrepreneurial uh, career was um, selling drugs at 17. So that's kind of a fun fact about, about me. And it's kind of like a rags to riches story, I suppose. But it took me a really long time to be honest with who I was and where I came from. And I think it's really nice to be able to do that now. I think the world is a nicer kind of place where we can be our true selves um, and bring all of ourselves to the table. So it's not particularly a fun fact. It's like, ha ha ha. Uh, <laughs> but you know, it's part of me and my and my history. So yeah. I 
think, you know, when it comes to like unknown facts and unknown parts of, it can be a scale that you have or like an experience that you've had. <laughs> a lot of these <laughs> skill, probably skill this wouldn't had, be. <laughs> we weren't very good. My boyfriend went to prison, so we were terrible at it. It was the worst entrepreneurial uh, star ever. Um, and it was kind of, you know, born out of stupid, char- you know, stupid 17 year olds are not the sensiblest, are they? Let's, let's put it that way. But definitely now they're more woke. I like how, when you mentioned about your daughter talking about vibing and I was in my head, I was like, and then you go to 18 year olds, they'll say that you, whether you're woke or not, it's kind of interesting how, how the lingo has changed and now we're really showing our age and being like, ah, oh, the times when things were like dope, like that things are dope. Um, yeah. But it's kind of funny that way. I think at the end of the day, as you said, we just grow and with some experiences, whether they're good, bad, or ugly, we wouldn't really be able to be where we are because we wouldn't have those lessons. And I think that's not a good time, but that's probably the, you know, realistically speaking, the best time to make those mistakes because you can actually just figure young. out who you are. <laughs> yeah, kind of that. You want to figure out who you are, I guess. Yeah, totally, totally. And I think, yeah, you're so true. All the experiences that you have in your life, they kind of make you who you are. Like 10 years ago, I, um, you know, had was uh, just getting over having cancer and I was a single mom and I was living on benefits. And it's really interesting when you talk to people who've had like life changing experiences, they generally and me included say they wouldn't undo we wouldn't not have those times that were hard because they make up the fabric of who you are. And if you remove one element, everything unravels and we wouldn't be where you are today. So I think it's really important when we're kind of telling our story that we honor that it's, that it's taken us where we are at this, at this moment. So yeah. Do you find that? Carry on. um, Do you find that I was thinking about this actually, and do you find that then, because you're really open about it and you're open about sharing your story, which is a big part of who you are, when yeah. you work with clients, when you work with other people as well, do you find there's any block when it comes to this? Is there any sort of um, hardship or any block or any mindset issues when it comes to maybe wanting to be more open about some elements of their story or being able to like connect and vulnerability, but it's still hard for them to do that or still they have to go through that process? Yeah, I think it's massively hard for people to do that. And it was massively hard for me to, you know, my story came out in small chunks. And the more that I said stuff and people didn't spit on me or say that was a terrible person, the more I felt able to be more honest. And I think we are scared of being judged because, you know, essentially we all just want to be loved and accepted and part of a community And I think when you're saying things or you're opening yourself up, there is a degree of being vulnerable, like you said, you know, and that's, that's scary. And I also think if people choose not to share all of themselves because they want to keep their business separate from their life, that's also fine. You know, that's a decision that each individual needs to make. But I think generally people do want to be able to tell their stories because it's what makes them unique and different to the competition around them or the other businesses but there is a fear there is a fear that if we you know if we say stuff that people might want not might not want to work with us or they might look at us differently um and it's only through taking those kind of small steps that you build up this kind of resilience almost like you're lifting weights mentally. It's like, yeah, if I say another little bit, you know, the first time that I told my story was in a 
you know, the, the drug dealing bit of the story, not the cancer bit. That's fine. Everybody loves you when you've had cancer. It's brilliant. It's like, whoa, yeah, you know, you're a survivor. But drugs, they're kind of funny in this society, aren't they? You know, uh, for, you know, for, for multiple reasons. And when I first told that story, it was in an, a group that I was in a mastermind with a load of women and we've met in London and I was visibly shaking. Like I felt like I was having a heart attack and I just had to tell somebody that this is where I came from. And I was, by the end of it, I was crying and they were all like, that's amazing. <laughs> that's a great story. And I was like, oh, nobody kind of told me off you know they were they were really supportive and said that's what makes you you and lovable and lovely you know tell more people so that gave me courage really uh to then stand on stages in conferences and and just say this is who I am you know and give people make it make it feel possible for other people for them to be real and be themselves like I think that's the thing I think if I'm super uber um open it allows people to be a little bit open like it gives people permission in a way um yeah it's kind of that as you say is that untold permission is is a mix between like the conf- the confidence and being comfortable yes. doing that because you feel like somebody else will and un- will understand so i do i do understand where you're coming from with that and i like that like like reinforcement of obviously that vulnerability yeah everybody has something that maybe they're not proud of or that something like some moments where that made some mistakes we are human if we didn't make mistakes we would never grow and also we will never do anything really um so (laughs) I understand where it comes from when it's like especially when you're talking to people that also have had a you know longer journey and that I've tried different things and some things haven't worked um again it's, it's more ourselves um we block ourselves from actually opening up because we're scared of what might come because that's where our mind can go can go to the future or can really get stuck in the past and if you just say okay i'm going to be as open as possible and then you know within my my area of comfort maybe a bit of discomfort um i think that's really key and also as you said if you open up a lot you allow or you encourage other people to open up a tiny bit uh Again, also, I would say I've been living in the UK for 10 years. So I know that, you know, as an Italian, I tend to be quite loud and quite like, you know, <laughs> open. And that sometimes gets the Brits. Again, if any Brits is listening, probably a lot of Brits. It gets some people a bit wary because yeah. it's just that, as you say, is that vibing. Um, <laughs> you know, people will have to adjust to your vibing. And that's totally fine because at the end of the day, you're not necessarily for everyone. But if I was to kind of like, you know, bottle it up, then I would feel really like not right. I don't know if that's how you feel because I can see you've got a, a very bubbly and energetic personality. And I think sometimes we feel like we should bottle it up to adjust ourselves to others. But I don't know if it's really the way that we want to go about it, is it? I, no, I think like, and yeah, why? I mean, you you know, you ha- wear different hats, don't you? When I used to go and see my, um, you know, quite judgy posh grandma, I wasn't, you know, Debbie from the, the block, you know, I was nice hello grandma you know so you may wear hats in different scenarios but I think more than ever now because lots of people are starting businesses you know this entrepreneur boom is massive isn't it is that if you're going to create a business why not create something that fits you rather than creating something that fits other people it takes a lot of time and effort to build a business it's not the easiest thing in the world it has many rewards um and like you said maybe you're not for everybody And I think that's really key is that I struggle with this a lot, you know, especially growing up, I wanted to be liked. 
you know, if I found out that people didn't like me in the school playground, it was like, oh, they don't like me. And, it, you know, sometimes I didn't even know who this person's name was. So it wasn't really relevant, you know, it didn't really matter. But it's like, I wanted to be liked by everybody. And I think in, in business, it, there'll be people that don't vibe with you. Let's keep using that word. Robin will love that we're using this word. But there will be people who get it and they'll become your raving fans. They'll want to work with you. They'll tell their friends about you. They'll share your stuff. You know, they'll follow you for years and years and be a big supporter of you. And that's that's what you want in business, isn't it? You don't have to be, you don't have to be um, bland. You know, you don't want to be vanilla. You want to be Marmite, don't you? Like, you know, if 50% of the people hate you, but 50% of the people love you, then you're doing your marketing right. And I think it takes courage to be Marmite. It's much easier to be vanilla. You know, I'm just going to be la 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 and everybody likes me and, you know, and it's okay. But, you know, we want to leave a legacy a little bit, don't we? And and, and stand out. And it does take bravery um, and being vulnerable. But but why not? You only get one life. 100%. And also... It takes courage to be my might. I want that to be on a t-shirt. <laughs> it says, I'm going to write that down. That's going to be my next Instagram uh, thing. It takes courage to be my might. It's so true, it. isn't it? Like... And that's and that's the thing. It's just, as you said, it is that I'm taking that next step and yeah. just being like, I'm going to be me whether I'm Marmite. But I was thinking about something else, but I think Marmite is the best analogy ever because um, it's literally love it or hate it. But at least you're getting people to really connect with you, whether they do connect with you in the way that they rec- recognize themselves or vibe with your energy. Or maybe they just say, this is not for me. And I yeah. think in a way, it just gives you a bit of a clearer idea of who you want to be and what the people that you want to work with. And I'm going to use an example and see if that happened to you as well. But I think it's quite a relevant one. When I used to work a lot more with uh, clients, now I do some consulting, but obviously creative impact takes a lot of my time. Um, sometimes, especially at the beginning, you want to help everyone. So I was focusing more on marketing. That's what I do. And I was like, everyone come. And then it wasn't just a type of business because I'm open to work with different types of companies, startups, individuals. It was more the person. Sometimes I would talk to somebody and would just feel like, no like you know I, I'm gonna be always like not shouting but I'm always gonna have this type of energy when we talk and it can be a lot and I might be dancing sometimes because I'm excited <laughs> and I saw that you know it was a bit clashing and at that time maybe I would stay still yes yeah. not because of excitement but because of fear fear yeah. of the fact well if I say yeah no to this opportunity nothing else is gonna come mm. and now because I'm very, very, very targeted with the people that I work with one-to-one or like in kind of like a more tailored behavior I tend to only say yes to the people that, yes, I know I can help, but also I know that they can really enjoy the experience and make it the most incredible experience for them because they're literally going to love every second of it. And I don't know if that has happened to you. That's a long-winded way to ask the question. But, <laughs> but the, you know, if you made a decision of saying yes, or maybe like going for something that didn't feel right because yeah. of that fear and that, you know, and then looking in the future and be like, will I ever get another opportunity like this? And how have you overcome that if you experienced that as well? Yeah, I think that's really true. Like, especially when you're starting up your business, because the we need to pay bills and put food on the table. Like there's a desire, isn't there? You have to make money. Like, you know, we do the stuff we do because we love to do it, but you need an income. And I think, especially when you're starting out, you're like, yes, 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 to all the things that come up, because it is fearful. And you are like, I don't know what I'm doing, maybe quite 
as well and I don't haven't really figured out who I who I best want to work with um I I really believe though that by saying no then you're allowing um opportunities to come you know every time you say no there's a yes waiting around the corner and I did at the very beginning work with this business um like they fitted all the right things they were social enterprise you know I love social enterprises and charitable type things that's where I kind of started from in my career and but their values were awful and they they had a a a gay guy in the building and they used to like bully him like visibly bully him and the the boss was a asshole and uh it was a really horrible place to work and it was literally like you know, I used to go there for one day a week and have doing marketing. It was literally in a dungeon. You had to go like underground uh, to to work with these people. Um, so, um, so yeah, I, I worked with them for a while, and then I realised um, um, that. Um, hang on a minute, just um, and then I realised that um, that they didn't fit my values. You know, I didn't I didn't want to work with them. Um, he was not a very nice person and I really sunk into the type of people that I wanted to work with and the values that I had. And that meant that, um, I could say no, you know, from a, from a really good place, I could say, um, no, I don't want to work with you and it's not working, but it was scary because it was a good, it was a good, um, it was a good opportunity. Like it was, he paid well. Um, and it was terrifying to say no to that. Um, but as soon as I said no, a week later, an amazing opportunity popped up that was with a client that, you know, made my heart sing and I wanted to work with. So it made a massive difference. And I think that's so important. And thank you for sharing that because as you said, at the beginning, we, you will have to find compromises or you will, yeah. you will want to have to say yes and do other things. And I've always been the person that has not been scared to say that I did do loads of work as I was freelancing at first because I was still finding my feet. And I wasn't afraid to say that, that I was yeah. maybe working for somebody else. Maybe I was even doing some stuff in a cafe just to start making things work. And I think that's really important because every person's journey is going to be different towards especially entrepreneurship, if you want to go with, with that name. Um, but as you said, at some point you will have to take that next leap of faith on top of that, which is actually learning when to say no. And as you said, it's not like by magic, by the way, those open. It's just the fact that then you continuously show up anyway. You put the work into creating those conversations so that you can welcome more people to work with you and actually give them that right chance. And I think, and again, that's what I want to hear from you as well. I think also we will more and more refine our messaging. And by that, I mean our tone of voice, our values. All of this will become clearer through the content that we create from the emails that we send, the videos that we do. And I think that's a big part of attracting the right people, but we cannot expect to start and in two months already have it all figured out because it's layers of of creating the brand around yourself, isn't it? Yeah, totally, totally. And it's like a work in progress, isn't it? My website is never finished. Like I will always be, oh, I'm going to twinkle this and I'm going to change this thing. And I'm going to look back at my Google Analytics and go, did that make my conversions better or worse? Like I'm all, it's always a process, isn't it? And you're, you're, we as entrepreneurs are always changing as well. Like, you know, I'm not offering the same kind of product that I did four years ago. You know, I have a, a program called 
clarity and confidence and people do that with me over four months it has the same name but the work that I do with people has changed a lot over those four years so I think we're also changing as well but you're really right about the messaging um if you're getting lots of clients that don't like your boat that you don't like working with go back and go is it obvious who I want to work for? What are the messaging that I'm putting out? You know, what does my sales page look like? Who am I connecting with on LinkedIn and Instagram? Go back and do that kind of refresh and maybe ask somebody else who isn't you. Could you just look at my social media and my website and you tell me what you think I do and who I work with? Because I think sometimes we're so in our businesses that it's really hard to have that outside perspective, isn't it? We read what we want to read, you know. So if 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 everything's feeling a little bit off kilter and a little bit off center, just just get some feedback from somebody else and, and just go back and say, oh, do I even know? Like, am I clear on who I want to work with? Is my, you know, do I have a niche? Like, do I have something that's special that I'm offering? And, and what's unique about the way that I do stuff? You know, it's always a work in progress though, isn't it? And yeah, and as you said, I think that comes also from, from the work that you're doing with the program. Obviously, it says confidence and clarity. So I'm kind of yeah. <laughs> vibe, vibing again. <laughs> Your daughter is going to love this. Vibing off that. But, yeah. you know, it's that clarity and that confidence comes from what you mentioned. I think it's so important. And I'm going to stress another thing that you said, which is actually a great exercise. What we do in the collective, just to, to explain how we do it, is exactly what you mentioned. So we have a co-working session every month where members can join and then what we do, we're working on a theme every month and we say, let's look at your sales page. That's what I did actually at the time of recording this month. And we looked at the sales page and then usually like, you know, how many people are there? We will all look at one page or maybe they can do it in small groups. Sometimes I'm in the group. Sometimes I do it with them. And we literally look at everything and we start, and especially me, I start asking really, really obnoxious questions like, <laughs> who is this person? Or who am I talking to? Or yeah. what is the point of this? What is this trying to say? Because as you said, and it doesn't mean that you have to do it with a collective. Obviously, that's what we do because it helps massively. But as you said, you can do it with your friends. You can do it yeah. with peers. You can do it with anybody in a mastermind. You can do it in a group of followers that you trust if you want. But I think it's so important, especially for things like your website, your yeah. about page, your sales page. The micro messaging hopefully will then also change. Like if you do it for the big stuff, then you will start thinking, oh, maybe when I'm talking about this on Instagram or whatever, I need to refine that. Um, but I think you're right. We're so much into our business that we know who we're talking to, because obviously we have to do a lot of work into understanding who these people are. So yeah. we think we're going to hit that right. Um, but then also we need to realize that sometimes in being too specific, or as you say, maybe not having a clear niche, we can actually confuse people. And I think that's a big part of, if we want to go on the business side to be very, very blunt, people staying over being on the fence because they're yeah. not sure if you're talking to them exactly. Yeah. And you want people to read your stuff and go, oh, that's me. <laughs> Oh my God, they, they get me. Oh my God, they understand my problems. Oh, they've got the solution. That's what you want, isn't it? Those like aha moments. You know, if you send an email and you get some responses and people are like, oh my God, that's exactly where I am today. Brilliant. You're like, you're, you're hitting the nail on the head, aren't you? So the more that you know who your customers are, the more that you go after the people you want to work with, the less you'll have to say yes to work you don't want you know, with clients you don't want. But if you're really at the beginning of your journey, 
sometimes you do have to say yes to stuff that doesn't quite float your boat because there is fear and you do have to pay your bills. It's just, yeah, it's an unfortunate part of life, isn't it? <laughs> but in a way, was, again, by doing that, it teaches you kind of what you want you and how you can refine. It's and who you don't want to work with. Like, definitely not that person again. <laughs> <laughs> definitely not working in a dungeon ever again. Yeah, ne- Thank you never very much. working in the dungeon underground with, with the... With the um, racist uh people you know homophobic racists let's not work with them again like terrible so yeah (laughs) it's a good lesson it's a good lesson isn't it and i think that's key but as you said then just understanding where we're at and i'm gonna go back on that talking about the beginning of the journey because i i'm gonna stress this enough especially for people that just beginning yeah yes when you start you might be um i'm gonna ask you again actually after this i'm gonna ask you who you were when you started so I'll tell you who I was briefly so I was doing um that was six years ago business mm-hmm. coaching for wellness entrepreneurs okay it wasn't a niche there was nobody there I was just like talking to a couple of people and like when you look at it right now is a booming because wellness is booming as well it's a massive market before that there was nobody and that's what I was doing but marketing has always been my thing that's my background that's what I've done when I was working for others so I came back to it and when I do did that and realize what you mentioned, which is even within marketing, because that's what I want to do, because I just love it so much, but it constantly changes. So within my field, I learn that in a month, what I'm telling about a specific, and let's say feature or specific platform is probably going to change completely because it changes so fast. So it taught me a lot about being flexible, but I found my comfort zone in that. But it took me five years, I guess, to actually say, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to focus on the marketing because that's what I love the most. Mm-hmm. But I did have some iterations from five business coach for wellness entrepreneurs to get to that point and feel confident to be, I'm a marketing consultant because that's what I do best. Um, so where, where were you at the beginning? Because I think, as you said, it's really important to know that when you're starting out where you are at the beginning of that journey. Yeah. So at the, at the very beginning, I had um, just... Um, after kind of being the single mom on benefits cancer thing, I'd put a, um, a post on Facebook saying, ah, oh, I want to get back to work. Um, does anybody have a job in a cafe? Because uh, I hadn't worked for five years. You know, previously to that, I'd worked in the charity sector. I'd worked on the Boots magazine um, and I'd written books about brain injury. So always around communications and marketing and a bit of mentoring um, on the side and so this woman that I'd worked with previously got in touch and said you're too good to work in a cafe come and help me set up this new business so she'd just been got she'd just been given three quarters of a million from our local council to set up a new social enterprise so we did that for two years and then at the end of that period um she gave me a contact to somebody in Camden who was setting up exactly the same business model and so I went and freelanced for him And I was kind of looking for another job opportunity, like an actual job job. And then it suddenly dawned on me, ah, I could do this freelance for lots of people. So then I started working with a charity in Camden, helping them with their marketing and PR. And it kind of spiraled from that. And then I was like, okay, I can do this. I'm helping people. Let's work with more people. So I started working with the city council and I had a number of clients and I ran a business called Herd Media for the first two years. And it was kind of a digital kind of agency. I had freelancers that I pulled in for bigger projects. And people kept asking me to show them how to do things. Like people would say, ah, Debbie, you're really good on Twitter. Can you just show me? I don't understand it. Can I just have an hour with you or 
or can you show me how Facebook works? So it literally started from that. And I started charging them by the hour. And then I was like, this is amazing. This is so much better than doing it for people. I'm getting to work one-to-one with people. I'm building their confidence. I'm enabling them to do it for themselves. I'm sharing skills. Like it totally, it totally worked really well with me. Um, so I relaunched as Debbie Duda, which is, you know, my business as, as a coach, literally because the work just kept coming in. It kept coming in. And pretty much as soon as I relaunched as Debbie Duda, which I'd always wanted to be called the whole way along, but I thought it was ridiculous. And then nobody would employ a Debbie Duda because it didn't sound sensible enough and it wasn't business, you know. I would. I'm just going to Yeah, say thank you. Well, that's what I learned is that people buy from people. That, that oh, I mean, we bang it around as marketers. It gets quite boring, but people buy from people. Um, but it's really true, isn't it? And as soon as I stepped into that role, my business blossomed and boomed, you know. Then the university started asking me to lecture, you know. I lecture on the MSc Digital Marketing course at Trent, and I've done that for four and a half years now. I do not have a digital marketing qualification. And I could not get into that university with my A-level grades. So I just find it really interesting that all the things that we think that would hold us back, like we don't have the qualifications, we don't have the thing, it's experience that counts, always experience that counts. And it's being personable and nice and building relationships and connections with people, like networking, like in your group. It's super important to build a community around you. That's the one thing that I've learned in business is meet people talk to people find out what they're doing be curious you know get involved in stuff it's meant that my business has been really successful and so kind of to to finish the story I started off teaching people about you know social media digital marketing like and you know that's what I lecture at university and that's a that's a good a good area to be in but what I realized was that I could show people how to do it you know like you said you can show click this button and do this thing. And this is how often this is what hashtags are for and all that stuff. And this is how you do SEO. But actually the things that stopped them doing the stuff was their confidence and their limiting beliefs. And they're scared of being vulnerable and visible. So I've ended up working a lot more from a like mindset point of view than uh, teaching marketing. And, And this year I've actually started, I've enrolled on a mindset coaching academy and I'm going to be a certified mindset coach at the end of nine months um, because that stuff is super important for us to get a hold of you know the things that we say to ourselves like I'm not good enough no one will listen to me my business is a bit shit I, ha- I don't have enough experience oh look at that person over there they're so much better than me all that stuff disempowers us and holds us back and that's the stuff that I'm really interested in now and also helping people who have a vision but can't make it. They don't know what to do. They don't know what the next steps are. They've got this kind of big vision over here. And so it's helping people break that down into goals and then actions and actual actual things they can do to help them step towards their goals. So it started off really, really about digital marketing and it's kind of just exploded. It's about people and goals now. And I love that stuff. That's what makes me excited. And I think that's that, is just finding that, you know, I just said that intersection between 
what what people need from you, what you see that they're actually coming back for, and also what makes you excited. And again, I am the, the rare breed that, for example, I read about like research on psychology of marketing. And that's, to me, is mind-blowing it, because that's an element of it that really fascinates me. And I think once you... But I want to reiterate what you said, especially when it comes to these fields, guys, obviously, disclaimer, if you are a doctor, you probably want the certification, you probably want to go to university, you need to understand yes, what is your course. expertise, because I yes. think that's really important to, to say. But if you are coming in a more fluid, um, expert laden sort of role, and as you said, we thought we had to go to uni, we thought we had to have that certification. It really does depend on what the role is and how can you actually improve yourself and how can you learn more about it. There's something to be said about uh, in one of the older episodes is with Brandon Kane, who is a digital strategist. And he said mm-hmm. that what sets him apart when it comes to being a digital marketer is the fact that we as marketers learn every day. We constantly, uh, not second guess, that's wrong, but we constantly challenge ourselves to try new things and adapt. And I think that's a big part, as you said, it's just expertise can come from experience if you know what your expertise is or you want it to be. And if you can actually take that time to learn, whether it is through coaching or through an academy or through putting yourself into a big project. Because realistically speaking, there's not one sole rule or one soul, um, how can I say, like a journey, I guess. Yeah. You get a step, isn't it? Yeah, people get can get to the same point by all sorts of different all sorts of different routes. And I think I think the thing that that's taught me is to not make assumptions about what you need or not make assumptions about what people think that you need. You know, never just don't make assumptions full stop. Just 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 go for things, try things out. I think one of the thing, you know, because I'm a big proponent of, of women in business and, 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 you know, gender equality and all that stuff. And one of the things that always saddens me is the statistic that um, if men and women are applying for the same job, men will apply for it, even if they don't have all the things listed, but women won't. Like we feel like we need to have a justification to take on that role or step into those shoes, but just you yourself, if you have experience, you know, maybe I don't have a degree in digital marketing, but I've done a ton of courses and I've spent seven years testing what works, what works, what works for my clients, what works for me. And that's, you know, that's, that's a, that's almost a skill that can't be bought, isn't it? You could be taught how to do it and then not have the, not not be prepared to do the testing and marketing is all about testing isn't it that's the thing you know test things out try what what works out for your for your business but don't hold yourself back because you don't think you have all the things necessary just if you want something if you've got a big vision you know go for it what's the worst that would happen agreed and as you said it's not the how but it's really where you want to get and as you said you will find that there are different paths for it and it's all about as you said just feeling that Going back to the confidence, it's just having <laughs> that confidence to do that, isn't it? And as you say, not holding your back, which I think is key. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. We're almost at the end, but that's the most important question of them all before we go to the end. But I wanted to thank you again for taking the time, for sharing your story and for giving you know, little nuggets of wisdom that people can go away with. So thank you for that. Pleasure. Thank you. Thank Legis. you for inviting me. Yeah. Little, little kangaroo boxing. Woohoo! Yeah. <laughs> that, is, uh, that is the skill of the day, kangaroo boxing. Yeah, I love, um, it. I love it. Last question, the most yeah. important and hardest question of them all. If you were to have brunch with anyone, anyone, dead or alive, mm. 
you can invite anyone who could this person be oh david bowie without a doubt bam love that that's the fastest answer ever yeah blink (laughs) yeah like i i i love him for his originality for the fact that he constantly reinvented himself um for the fact that he did what he wanted to do regardless of whether people said you know like his singing known song song is awful it's like one of the worst songs ever but he obviously had a really good time singing about the singing gnome and put it out there and probably people were like david this is shit take it off but he did it anyway and i just love that like confidence in himself you know plus he's gonna have some fabulous stories isn't he to share. that is very true that is very true and that's... make a good dinner guest so yeah i'm loving that and, and maybe you can add the singing nom in the background as well yeah, the yeah, yeah, end. yeah. and then just go david what's this <laughs> i want to know about this one that's awesome <laughs> i love that that that's a great guest i'm um, i always get some really interesting answer about that uh then i'm vibing off oh good good let's vibe with bowie <laughs> <laughs> let's vibe around at the end Debbie, thank you so much again. If people want to find more about you, where should they go? Let's give them some prompts. Give me some action steps for the end. Yeah, please, please, please come and connect with me. I love connecting with new people. So my business is Debbie Duda and it's do it's d-o-o-o-d-a-h at the end and that's where i am like everywhere linkedin instagram facebook twitter my my website um i tend to hang out on all of them um being you know a digital marketing geek uh so i don't have a a favorite place so come and you know whatever's your favorite poison come and check me out there um and on my website there's lots of freebies that you can download um a guide to building a happy business um there's a link to a toolkit I created with Nottingham University it's like a creative commons thing to help women build their business their way um, and lots of things like that so um, yeah come and come and say hi uh, you know I'd love to connect with you thank you so much again and I hope you have a lovely rest of the week ah uh, it's been a pleasure thank you so much Later. <laughs> bye thank you so much for listening don't forget to check our show notes for more juicy goodness about this episode. If you loved it, please take some time to give us five stars on iTunes. And make sure that you let us know your ha-has and takeaways on Instagram at creativeimpactco. Also, you can find out more about us on our website at creativeimpact.group.